0: So did you guys hear what happened to uh, Zach? Zach's bikes that got stolen. Did you guys ever hear what how, how that? Well, I
1: heard, I heard they got stolen.
0: Yeah. So last I heard is that Wes recovered uh, Zach's Campion. Uh, Wes was on the Roulette lunch rush and he was coming back riding on Esplanade and he saw a, said about six foot three dude, yeah. uh, riding Zach's.
1: Tiny
2: little kind Tiny human frame. Yeah, he, he uh, should have stolen my uh, kind human campaign. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. That been the <laughs> right size. He saw this guy going the other way, and he's like, "Hey, that's Zach's bike." So he flipped around. I guess he rode up to the guy, kind of put his hand on his shoulder, you know, as West West will do, and be like, "Hey, um, that's my friend's bike." And I guess this gentleman said, "Oh no, I, I just I just bought this in the French Quarter." Yeah, um, a likely story. Sure. and But Wes said, okay, well, um, that's my friend's bike. Maybe we can work out a deal. Maybe I can, you know, we'll pay you some money, you know, compensate you some way. But we, I'd like to get that bike back. Why don't you uh, come back with me to the shop? We'll work something out. Uh, I guess the guy decided he was going to try and out-ride Wes, out-sprint him off into the neighborhood.
2: Not a good idea. Yeah, yeah.
0: not a good idea. Yeah. Um, Wes is full kit, ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Um, because he chased him down. I don't know exactly what happened, but what I heard is that at some point it ended up where Wes is kind of standing there and the guy is maybe blubbering a bit and saying that he didn't sell the bike and he needed a bike for work. And and so... It's a Wes, good commuter. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Wes said, all right, well, I'm going to take this bike because it's my friend's. But like, you know, I guess come down the shop. Maybe I'll sell you a city bike. We'll, we'll work something out. But this bike is is my friend's and I'm taking it back. Very diplomatic. Yeah. And I I thought, you know, and and I I guess in West, I guess the police were called because a neighbor called the cops on West and this guy. Okay. Um, And they were not going to press charges because they got the bike back. Um, And the guy said he bought it from someone else. So not going to press charges. But the guy had a warrant. So I guess he ended up going to jail. Uh, Oh. Um, The next day. Karma. The next day, a neighbor gives footage to Zach, and it's that dude hopping over the fence and stealing both of Zach's bikes. All Imagine right.
1: that. So Wes actually had to chase this guy down.
0: He did, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I got a hot take on this uh, bike recovery story if you want it. Okay. All right. I uh, Good for Wes uh, chasing the guy down, but I'm thinking to myself, it's a damn good thing that uh, Peter Sagan wasn't the guy that stole Zach's bike.
0: Well, hello, and welcome to uh, episode 29 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is Bodie. Bodie. Hey, Bodie. This is the T Bone,
2: and this is Sergio.
0: We uh we've got a lot to talk about today. Yeah. Well this agenda is packed full. Uh, we've got some hot takes. Mm. We've got some cold takes. <laughs> Maybe a few lukewarm takes. Definitely yeah. some
1: muddy takes.
0: Um. Yep. So yeah, let's 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 get on with it. Um So any of you guys still riding bicycles? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I rode a little bit. I rode a bit with you uh this week, Townsend, or this weekend. Yeah, had we had a nice club ride, beautiful day for bicycling wasn't it it was a gorgeous day and actually and then the day before that on friday uh you myself and uh you know we got to uh uh ride the nate bats uh engine uh which was pretty pretty awesome yeah veterans day ride yes yep
0: well, i worked both days so. we just
2: rode up and down veterans boulevard like repeatedly <laughs> didn't we
0: that sounds like a good ride <laughs> yeah sorry i couldn't join you i chose to honor the veterans by working
2: uh, um that's how that's how the terrorists win, Bodie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you've been working a lot, Bodie. I have, yep.
0: Missed you on Saturday as well. Yeah, it looked like a good club ride. I was jealous I couldn't be out there. Perfect day. Um, and you guys got in some gravel on uh, Sunday, I saw that. Sunday was
1: a nice group. Uh, again, another beautiful day. And we discovered, uh, not discovered, uh, we linked together. Uh, some, some gravel that we've all ridden before, uh, but linked it up in, in a sort of an interesting new way that I think uh, was a big hit with the crew that we were with and and maybe will be uh, something of a redo uh, for another Sunday ride. So good stuff all so around.
0: This is the Schmedium gravel ride. We'll call it the Schmedium
1: gravel. Yep, absolutely. Perfect. It was about five miles of gravel, just enough to, to really... Um, Give you give you a taste of the gravel, and it uh, unlike the airport gravel, which is what maybe a mile long, uh, it's almost over before you before you're into it. This it gives you a nice, good solid effort in the in the gravel. Maybe a twenty minute or so effort. Good stuff. Now I've never ridden it. Is it all straight? Is it pretty, pretty straight? Pretty straight. Yeah, sort of parallels airline highway.
2: Okay.
0: I actually did some gravel on Sunday. Emily Emily and I did, um, and I don't really have a good name for it yet, but it's the the Saint Bernard Parish gravel sectors. Okay. Um, it's the the levy the back levy um, in Saint Bernard Parish has a gravel road next to it. The river levy?
1: No, that's well, no, the, the that's the Mr. Go levy, isn't it? Well, I don't the know. The Bayou levy, isn't
0: it? It's called the back levee, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's not on the riverside, but between the swamp and and the suburbs, um, and there's some some pretty fun graveling to do there. Cool. Um, so, took Emily out there, so she scooped up all the QOMs. Uh, she was the only, she is now the fourth person to ride those segments. Uh-huh. So, but still, she's she's now the queen. Any ladies are more than welcome to try and come to the St. Bernard Parish Gravel and uh, take, that, take down uh, the queen.
2: All right. The gauntlet has been thrown. Well, guys, you want to get into some racing? Yes. Start with some cross uh well it is cross season let's
0: do that so our good friend wes speaking of wes yeah uh raced in texas this weekend at the worst festival yes um it's in around austin i suppose it's
2: uh new Braunfels.
0: yeah so yeah. in that in that area yep. and he posted an instagram photo he said pretty belgy mm. i think, he was, I think he was one of your bugbears there, think he Bodie. was trying to trigger me yep <laughs> um, and, and, and and you were triggered, triggered, indeed. <laughs> anyway, I'm not sure what it was about that photo that made it Belgium?
2: Yeah, mud, to what was a, going on in Belgium this
0: weekend. Yes, but but speaking <laughs> of Belgium in Belgium, yeah, they got super Belgium. Yeah, that
1: was so Belgie in Belgian that Belgie just doesn't quite cut it. Belgie just sounds too cute for the kind of weather that was happening in Belgium. This, it was, that was a freaking war
2: zone.
0: Yeah, right? it was like real retro cyclocross weather.
2: Yeah, uh, are we going? So, are we talking about? Are we going to talk about that first?
0: Yeah, I guess let's. Well, I mean, it that both we, days. Weekend. Both days are pretty wet. Uh, Sunday in G- Gavere of oh, looked yeah. a bit more brutal but let's let's back up let's go to saturday
2: yes um yar market cross
0: yeah that's that's the race that's in a home deco home depot parking lot <laughs> it is
2: yeah the gp jar jar banks
0: yeah <laughs> jar market across i mean i, I guess it, all the sponsors of this belgian cycle cross are house products and building materials so you might as well have one in a parking lot
2: well you know and here's an interesting aside to that and it's it obviously carries over to the road as well right a lot of their like road sponsors like sudal and Mm quick step and everything something i've discovered is belgians build their own houses they don't get they don't like buy a house from somebody they build their own house oh really i think that's kind of a tradition in belgium is you build your own house so uh People are going to, there's a big market for all that home improvement type stuff. They do I'm themselves. surprised
0: that there's room to build new houses.
1: Yeah, I was going to, what happens when a person who's built a house in 1970 uh, gets old and dies and vacates
2: the house that they built? I, I mean, maybe they kind of pass these down through their families, but maybe new family members will build a house. You know, maybe they get a piece of land. I don't know how it all works, but this is this is what I've heard is that Belgians are very big on building their own houses themselves. They're yeah. very kind of practical, hands-on about it.
0: That's your hot take, and you're sticking with it.
2: I'm going with that. Any Belgians out there care to uh, back that up or contradict me? Uh, call in. Uh, our, our lines are <laughs> open. Yeah. So there's <laughs>
1: nothing but brand new houses in Belgium.
2: There's a lot of newish houses.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, so back to the race. Uh, um, didn't watch it, Bodie. I was, uh, I was out riding, and then, uh, after I got back from riding, uh, I must confess, I watched American college football all afternoon on Saturday. So I ew. did not watch is
2: that still happening?
1: The GP Jar Jar Banks. Uh, yeah, it that, is.
2: I thought that season would be over now because they must have played at least four games, <laughs> <laughs> almost over. <laughs>
0: well, I watched the women's race. Um, at jamarketa cross and i'm not going to give you guys a blow by blow okay. uh, but it was a really good race the women's race is really awesome um and nikki Bramier won mm-hmm. who really hasn't been at the forefront this year well uh, she,
2: she was fourth in the race that we didn't talk about last week she was fourth in coppenberg cross
0: Okay, so then she's coming. She's peaking. She's coming up now. She's coming up, The World Cups, when I saw her just earlier season, she really hasn't been on form. I think she was sick. I kind of was wondering, you know, was last year a fluke? But this was a really good race. The last lap, there were four women together. Um, They all threw in digs, and Nikki was able to get the gap by riding a section that everyone else was running and she rode it the entire race mm. and this is the only time they were all together and she rode pretty much through the three other people and then did this run up and then had a gap and that was it nice and she was able to stay away yeah um Kant went down so it was Sonicont, uh, early in the race right? early in the race there was a group of them together and it was a wet cobble cobbly pavement turn yes. yep which for me is like i don't know what it is about turning your cross bike on pavement that's wet which freaks me out yeah i don't know i don't for some reason i think there's gonna be less traction um i don't know if the knobs are is there less less traction i think there's less uh, less knobs?
1: contact with the tire and the and the ground because yeah. you've just got the knobs contacting
2: it yeah yeah yes. and they'll have probably been on Grifos or mud tires, right? Yeah, so So. you've got a little bit
0: of dirt, Little, it's a wet cobble, onto pavement, making a right turn. Slick, yeah. Boom, she goes down, Our Arzufi goes down. Mm -hmm. That sort of makes the gap in Ellen Van Loy and the rest of the people who were kind of gapped off, caught up and went ahead. Uh, Sonicont kind of stood there for a while, looked at her bike. I saw a video where she didn't go to the pitch. She just rode to the start stretch and put her bike over the side of the fence and either someone worked on it and gave it back, or someone just gave her another bike. Hmm, and then she got back on it. it. Yeah, Is it's, that legal? I don't know. And I haven't seen anything else on Twitter about this. Uh-uh. I might have to dig in some more of this, but someone had posted a video of that happening. And then she got back on her bike, and and whatever, I think she ended up in ninth or whatever. But, yeah, uh,
2: not a great day. Not a great day. Uh, uh, on the subject of Nikki Bramier, who won it, she announced this weekend... I think maybe after that race, uh, that she is leaving Balls Dolmans. the biggest team in women's cycling. She's going to leave them, uh, the end of this season, not renew her contract, uh, because she's going all in on cross.
0: Okay. So yeah. So she, so she does race in the road. I wasn't, yeah.
2: Yeah. She's a domestique for, uh, you know, uh, Lizzie Dagnan and uh, and all those guys. But so she's really not a major player. But she's she works for the team. She did the women's zero and, and stuff. So she's you know, well, she's a strong rider. Otherwise, she wouldn't be there. If this weekend
0: shows anything, then that is was a smart choice by her. Yeah. Um,
2: so is she going to race just as a free agent? I don't know. I don't know the full story on that. You know, we'll uh, we'll let you guys know when we find out more. But uh, it sounds like she's just. Yep, that's it. She's all in on cross. She doesn't want to do road anymore.
0: Another cool thing about that course at the Home Depot parking lot was that the flyover was, I don't even know if you call it a flyover, it was a flatbed truck. Yeah. Like weighted down. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it was pointing up, and then they had some other ramp yeah attached to it so it even i don't know there might have been a very small well you have leg- those
2: tip you can have those tilt flatbeds yeah that you okay well that was bed. cool
0: i had never yeah. seen that i don't think i've seen that in a
2: cross race maybe the, at this race it's had it before but it's the first time i noticed it is that coming down off the the sand part along that they have that like that levee mm-hmm. along the river yeah. there yeah. don't they yeah or like, it like a, it's like even like a river it's even more like an estuary or whatever it's like very industrial kind of uh, area that That's, they're in.
0: Yeah, I, I think I might even have a screenshot of that.
2: Now, they've changed that up in the last couple of years because there was a couple of years ago when Sven won it, and that whole sand section wasn't even rideable. It was a, a much longer sand section on top of the levee, uh, which I'm guessing is that they you know, they sell sand at that place. They're just like, hey, we've got all this sand. Oh, let's... yeah, they
0: just dump it there. So,
2: But it was just running all the way along the top of that levee section you know it was like there was no riding it whatsoever and now they made it more like a riding slash running uh in the last couple of years
1: well how about the uh how about the men's race uh, i note just from looking at the results bodie that uh, no uh no out no mvdp and no lars vanderhaar in uh Jamarket across. I guess yeah. that opened it up for some some other folks to step up who stepped up
0: well my namesake Mr. Michael Spud, yeah. intern out, pulled a MVDP MVDP, and uh, took the win. He was he kind of went he went early, if I remember right, and had a gap, and that was really it. Um, and I kind of tuned out and and got ready for work. So yeah, that's that's all the takes I have on that one. Well, wait,
1: I'm looking at the results, and it, this is saying that Tune Erets won market across.
2: All right. So not your namesake unless you're Michael name von is turnout 10. finished fourth. Wait. <laughs> Did you mark it across Are we well, we've got like... some now we've got some really hot takes. Uh Okay, well, maybe
0: I that's how it played that's how it was played out and I stopped watching it. Yeah. And oh. he actually didn't two yards well, always... win. Two nerds
1: won, Lawrence Sweek second, corner Van Kessel third. Are you
0: looking at this year's
1: <laughs> Twenty seventeen? I am not I'm not
2: not playing with you. All right. All right. Okay, well, you heard it here first, first folks. Uh, Bodie was completely wrong about I that was race. way
0: wrong on that. <laughs> no, wait. Tell-
2: oh, this is good stuff. This is great. Uh,
0: Marlux? Nice polling. This is games, good is podcasting that? right okay. here. Okay. Yeah, no, that's legit. All right. So, well, uh, no. Obviously, I know nothing about that race. Yeah, that's Let's some great,
2: on. great reportage there.
0: So we want to move on to Gavare. Gavare. I'd love to. I'd yeah. love to talk about that race.
2: Yeah. I, this one of my, you know, what's funny enough. Uh, I'll just say this at the beginning. This is the first race I ever sat down and watched with my dad. This was the first time he'd ever seen cyclocross. And this is probably like two years ago. And uh, so we're watching it. And it's pretty much the same every year. It's yeah. just levels of insane slop, you know, that um, from year to year. And we just sat watching it, and he's like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. It's like, it's like you're probably better off without a bike at this point, you know. I mean, Woot was taking
0: his bikes in pit two. Um, they were pitting every half lap, and yep. he was taking... And
2: that's pretty much the norm for that course.
0: Yeah, he yeah. was taking it not on the ground and remounting, but up in the air and yeah. running with it.
2: Yeah, and yeah. then yeah. running up the hill with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. so...
1: Yeah, I have to say, that was super cool, and I don't know how he communicated. He, do- he wasn't doing it the first couple laps. He started doing That's it midway right. through the race. That's true. And I wonder how he communicated that to you guys. I guess he told him when he came through, next time I'm going to take the bike you know, on my shoulder. But super interesting just in terms of the technique involved in that because he was being handed the bike in an entirely different way. He yep. was being handed the bike up in the air yep. And and not missing a beat. And I think he was gaining uh, with that move. And if you noticed, Ellen Van Loy was doing that in the women's race as well.
2: Yeah, interesting. Uh, Lots of running, a
1: oh, whole yeah. lot of running.
2: Yeah, and I've seen, I've actually, that's not the most running I've ever seen on that course. There was one, I think, probably about four years ago or something, where there was one whole section of the course, a, a flat section, where everybody was running running. The whole thing, and it must have been, it was almost like a quarter of the course that they mm-hmm. were just running. And I'm like,
0: there's a course that's uh, a really sandy course like that, too. And that might have been last year where they literally were running the entire.
2: Yeah. I think Coxider, maybe. No, 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 no. no? no. This is as
0: small as like a Casudel Classics. Where they, ate, they it's where they, last year they had like, they started putting out plywood so that people could ride a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, anyway, I mean, that's
2: yeah i guess you gotta be a good runner (laughs) yeah well that's what Wout is especially known for that right that's that's his um that's really his forte he's a really strong runner
0: so how so in the men's race we had you know Wout took the break um Mm -hmm. went to italy did some training
2: took Uh, the whole shot on the race did he took the whole shot
1: but but pretty quickly got uh, passed up by MVDP and the two of them
2: rode together for for, for, quite, a while. for quite a while and then MVDP just did just well, MVDP'd he
1: actually he a what, went
2: down at one point Yeah too. well
1: he sort of he just had a couple sort of missteps that that gave MVDP a little bit of a gap Yep uh and and that little bit of a gap just turned into a bigger gap and then suddenly uh Walt was even in danger of being passed up by, uh, in fact, did get passed up by, by Tune Ertz. Yeah. Uh, and was in third for a bit, um, uh, eventually caught back up to him. And then it looked like it was going to sort of play out that way for the end of the race. Uh, typical Vanderpoel with a big lead and on the last lap, yeah, he had some sort of a major mechanical.
2: Right. Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. I was like, uh, oh, snooze fest. He's got like 30 odd seconds or something yep. and it's it's all over and then I'm like, holy crap, what just happened? Cuz like you just the next you didn't see how it happened to him. You just saw you were of- actually following Wout and saw him ride past MVDP.
0: Yeah. So actually, and what I read is that MVDP had a flat, ran, got a new bike, then had his mechanical because Wout was I think like 30 seconds back. He was gaining on him. Well, he was gaining because of the flat, yeah. And so when he had the mechanical, he was right there, and yeah, I was literally falling asleep. Holy shit! Um, and I mean, yes, that's why you. That's why they race the races, you know, like. So does anyone know what the mechanical was?
1: I mean, you saw no. he was messing with his chain or with his rear derailleur, and then he actually had a guy that the guy came, came a- out from the from the yeah. you know gallery yeah. to help him out. Yeah. I don't and, know, what's
0: the
2: ruling on that? Is I, that allowed?
1: That looked know, like a I spectator, was, right? That
0: looked like a spectator. Yeah,
1: I would have thought to myself that, that, that you know, if you're MVDP in that situation, you probably
2: are going to tell this guy, like, <laughs> get the fuck off of I, my bike, was, dude. Yeah, the, the, was the thing is, there is every, every guy there at a Belgian cross race is is a pro level mechanic
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> or they have they have like a brother or a cousin who yeah, look, well <laughs> the dude like pretty much got he, it sorted he looked for like him. he knew what he was doing yeah, he pretty much got it sorted yeah, for him he and was like he was like spinning his wheel and 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 matthew was like looked like he was trying to pull the chain out from behind
2: that's the, what i thought i thought it probably got between the wheel and the cassette somehow yeah
0: well but then if you saw Maybe it was
2: the shoes at the
1: end of the race <laughs> as Vanderpool is coming across the line, muddied and, you know, uh, et cetera, he had a gaping wound on his right knee. Did you oh, see that? I did not looked like he'd gone down at some point. He was bleeding down his yeah. right leg. So I don't know if if the mechanical caused him to crash as well or if that was a separate crash. I never saw him go down in any kind of a way that would have sliced his his knee. Yeah. So, I don't know what that was. Uh, but kudos to him. He ran with his bike for a period of time. He, he kind of got it sorted, but it looked like he was maybe stuck in a bad gear.
2: Mm. Yeah, once it, it got, looked
1: like he was stuck in a gear, yeah. Once he got going, so he wasn't able to ride. There was a lot of sections where then course. having to
2: get off, run again.
1: Yeah. And he eventually just ran with his bike to the pits, got his bike. Uh, to, uh, not two Um uh, Klaus van Tornout. Klaus van Tornout had passed him for third and and then mvdp got a new bike and chased him down and passed him just before the home stretch yeah yeah and out thought, sprinted him
0: for third yeah i mean this is klaus's last year and and klaus is one of those guys who is, is a bit of a throwback to the era before wout and mashew and, and mm-hmm. he I guess if it wasn't for a little bit of a mechanical, he or a bobble, he might have won worlds in Louisville. Louisville, mm-hmm. um, he was right there with Sven, so yeah. could have been a world champion. Um, I was wondering if he would try and you know outsprint Matthew, but yeah. I think he
1: did try. I just don't think he could. <laughs> I mean, he had nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, Not Matthew like sprinted a bit, looked back, and realized that Klaus had nothing, and was just yeah. like, okay. Yeah.
2: Um, I think, I think, I mean, you, you, uh, commented on it and said it was, uh, you know, it was like, it was like a scene from the First World War looking at it. It really, I mean, it, if you want to think, it was, I think what the Belgians call this would be a super modder Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it's a tough, tough race. <laughs> really tough course. A lot of up and down too, uh, in that slop. They weren't quite so f- crazy fast on the bouncy castle section this year. No, Uh, but uh, I think that was because it was really hard. All right, I mean they had think they had to go a little easier than they have done in the past. Still, some like great little you know uh, crash outtakes uh, coming down that section. Definitely,
0: Um, and I'll have to. This is my uh, this is a section where I eat crow uh, because I did the thing that I said I wasn't going to do Mm. last week. uh, Townsend, you said. Now we're going to confuse Matthew uh, for Tunaerts yep. because he's the European champion. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I laughed at you and said that was not possible. And what did I do? But when the race started, I'm like, wow, Tunaerts is out the front with the... wow. <laughs> I told yeah. you. Then Emily said, I think that's Matthew Vanderpool. <laughs> I go, ah, shit. Yep. So, yeah. We'll see how long that lasts.
2: Yep. There it is.
0: I guess they both are tall. They're like both taller riders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think
2: Toon's actually a little taller because I saw them on the podium together and Toon is actually uh, a little bit taller than him. Yeah.
1: Did you guys see the shot as they were coming, uh, running up and then it was that long, long, muddy run up and then they remounted at the top of it and and then uh, rode down through the woods and there was a shot where they had kind of from behind behind the barriers in the crowd and there was this dude that was holding like this little wiener dog. Uh, and every time the riders came past the, um, the dog was, he was watching, he was watching the race. Like he, you could see him, the dog was focused on the riders. And then when they'd come riding past his field of view, he was, you know, moving his, moving his head and watching the race. Yeah. He was, uh, he Cross was into dog. it. Cross dog. That was great stuff. I have to get a still of that, pull it and post it up. I'm telling you, man, this dog was watching the race.
2: All right. So the results were, Wout took the win. Second place? Two Tune again. Tune, great weekend. Yeah, for sure. Uh and then MVDP uh in third and leading that series, this is the Super Prestige. Uh Wow. Wow is leading.
0: Because he's actually those his two wins.
2: Both super prestige races. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, where's Lars?
2: Lars was back. He back- was back. He was a, a ways place. back. Yeah. Uh yeah
1: no up. one ever really challenged those top three and the and the and the you know four through four through eight kind of you know rode together most of the race they started distancing each other yep. toward the end but um, there was there was never any any real movement up toward those those front three. Yeah all right women's race. Uh, that was a great race came down to a came down to a sprint at the end yeah or not a sprint but a last a last lap. Overtake by Ellen Van Loy. Yeah. Great result for her. It was. Didn't seem that it was. I don't know. It didn't seem. Obviously, it was. The conditions were very, very similar, but it. I don't know. The women's race didn't seem quite as muddy to me. I don't know why. Um,
2: Well, I wonder. I mean, obviously, it must have got worse and worse as it went on for Wout to be riding the pit the first few laps and then running the pit. Right. You know, so. I'm sure it. I'm sure it just got more and more slop tacular. Yeah. But, plus,
1: it, the course was getting ridden out. You know, first by the women, and then you know, yeah. over the course of the men's race, it was just getting worn even more and more. But uh, yeah, Did I you, mean, and Nikki Brami your second. Yeah, and 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 almost, you know, almost won. It looked like she was just so tapped out right at the end. She just had nothing on and it. Was. It was not a technical overtake at all by yeah. Ellen Van Loy. She literally just, you know, rode right past her on that long, sort of grassy, slightly muddy straight that led into the into the finish chute, mm-hmm. and um, passed her, you know, less than less than three hundred yards before the
0: finish. Just
2: had more in the tank.
0: I, I didn't. I tried to watch the women's race, but I didn't get up in time. And the feed was. Oh, there was just a really garbage feed so yeah. Matt I mean Matt uh, Townsend you said you found a replay
1: found a replay and watched them both today as a matter of fact again I was out yep. doing doing bicycles and uh and
0: watching football on this weekend man um, we just it'd be, it'd be great there's got to be some way I, I I know I mean everybody's been saying this for a while but
2: it's so cool to be able to
0: like I will pay $15 a month yeah to watch
2: everything all the euro cross well how about Fifteen dollars a month for all cycling. How's that? Yeah, let's have that. You know, uh, yeah, I, I talked that's, to you about that's, it.
0: I mean, that's that's fifteen dollars a month. I mean, that's more than I pay for. I mean, yeah, that's not a bad.
2: Yeah, I'd do that. Right. So I mean, it's not. I mean, HBO, we're... You know, like okay, it's like getting an HBO subscription, and it's like all bike stuff, all of it. I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't really need like indoor like gymnastic cycling. <laughs> uh i think i can get Don't knock it till f- you try it man <laughs> yeah. i mean is that television? have you seen some of that it's on stuff, the uci man? channel yeah
0: that's true
3: <laughs> but, uh, well
1: it's not as if we're asking or, or suggesting that there have to be more people out with cameras or more people you no, know setting up the, just the stuff that's there it's already it's there already it's there already there being, being broadcast filmed. Yeah. yeah somebody just needs to aggregate it yes. and
2: monetize it Yes, I mean NBC. I think NBC Sports Golds actually done a good job with a bunch of stuff, but theirs is mainly like the ASO stuff and the World Cup stuff, which is nice. They
0: they have relationships with those promoters. Yes, Um, I mean I guess that is that is the big issue with all these cycling is that in Belgium you have Belgium you have three different series, Mm -hmm. and so like. Probably Super, Super Prestige is on Telenet.
2: Yes, because it's the
1: Telenet Super Prestige. Which yeah. is also UCI World Cup is Telenet.
2: Telenet. That's and then, right.
0: And then the other stuff is on Sporza. I mean, so it's yeah. multiple providers. Is any of it on
2: Veer? There's that other Veer channel they have as well that had some stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah.
0: Anyway, it'd be nice if we could just not go with these terrible dark web feeds that...
2: Yeah.
1: Or giving our computers viruses, um, and probably affecting the outcome of the 2020 presidential election <laughs> <undoubtedly>. already. <laughs> yeah. Now
0: every time, every time you watch a pirated uh, spores of feed, a you fake are,
1: Twitter account is yeah, created. Yeah,
0: exactly. Some Russian bot. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, speaking of, uh... sorry. Um, there are so, there. So, I was in the think. I was thinking that Gavare. And I think we should probably move on. But it reminded me uh, of Ridgeland last year, mm. because we've had muddy races in in Delta states before. But Ridgeland was the most elevation. I have I have finger quotes around that. Where yeah. there was there was certain parts where we, you were going downhill through super muddy slop, and that was kind of kind of scary, but also kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really enjoyed Rid- Ridgeland last year. I had a good time. Felt that I handled my bike really well um so i it watching that race i was like this would be super hard race to do but it looks kind of fun
2: yeah uh another interesting fact about that course no barriers barriers not required that's true not required best best phil collins album ever (laughs) and uh plenty of opportunities to get off your bike in other places right yeah uh, no yeah you didn't need them to get off your bike and backshadowing Guess what we forgot to talk about last week? Koppenberg Cross. Yeah. Because uh, it was midweek and we'd already forgotten about it by midweek, even though we were all super stoked on it when it actually happened. Yeah, that was
0: the best race last week.
2: It was a pretty awesome race. Uh, and no barriers whatsoever and nowhere to dismount at all on that race.
0: Yeah. it's uh, The barrier is a an arrow in the race promoter's
2: crap. quiver it's a quiver yes
0: yes you know it's doesn't you don't have to use barriers in a cross race um you know like you don't have to have super twisty turny stuff it's just it's just what you just kind of have the the right combination of things and and you build a course it's fun
1: yeah well i mean you do tend to think of cyclocross as being a sport where people for one reason or another whether it's barriers or just a natural obstacle are going to have to get on and off of their bike at some point during the the during the race but Koppenberg Cross was a prime example of how a of a great cyclocross race, where, as Matt has said, uh, there was no dismounting or remounting anywhere on the course, but it was no.
2: still a fantastic race. Yeah, and it was dry uh, this year, and so there wasn't really any need to bike change except at the start. People were running, which was really interesting. How 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 pro is this, right? So. You start at the bottom of the Koppenberg, the classic climb featured in the, in the uh, Tour of Flanders. And you go basically like halfway up, you know, there's a straight and then halfway up the Koppenberg. And then you turn right into the field and there's a pit right there. And Lars van der Haar pitted straight away. Not, that the, not because there was anything wrong with his bike, because he was going to a lower pressure tire uh, to ride the dirt. He might have, It may have even been a different tread as well shit maybe
1: he started on a road bike and rode the uh rode the uh (laughs) first climb on a road bike got the whole shot and rode the first climb on a road bike Wonder if you could do that
0: that's that's actually i'm very curious if you could do that i I think i think the only i think the rules the only rules they have for bikes and cross races would allow for a road bike
1: yeah the 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 limitation is the size of the the tires of the the tire not there's no there's no minimum width there's just a maximum width right
2: yeah yeah. And, yeah. But uh, if you were on a modern disc brake road bike, you could still be running maybe a 32, you know? Yeah, yeah. interesting. Some tie talk right there, guys. Yeah.
0: So um, there were a couple other uh, UCI races in the States. And yeah. uh, I just wanted to briefly mention we had NoHo, uh, Northampton. That's uh, the race put on by Adam Myerson and in, in CycleSmart. It used mm-hmm. to be called the CycleSmart Invitational, CSI. I think he's changed the name to NoHo, Northampton. Um, that's a
1: saturday and a
0: sunday race saturday sunday it looked like they had below freezing temps really cold but sunny interesting Uh, and i looks like the the white family curtis and emma white took both days wow Um, they actually are a family correct they are brother and sister i believe they have a younger brother who's
2: coming up to the ranks he's really fast too um so i'd like to think that they go around in a big like silver eagle motor home you know <laughs> as the, the kind of like the white family band yeah yeah I'd just like to think that
0: and we also had a c2 in tulsa the synergy hurtland um which was the it's the closest uci race in our area
1: yeah so saw you uh, hitting the social medias, body, trying to get some of our people yeah. to head up there and grab some UCI points?
0: I was, because uh, C2, uh, UC, uh, UCI points pay out to 10, 10th place. There mm-hmm. were 11 people who finished in the men's race. In and the
2: in the what, the P1-2, was that? or Yeah,
0: it's just, it just the, the UCI race, so it was, okay. was P1-2. Actually, uh, I don't know if that was a P one two or if it was just the elite.
1: I think it's just the elite race. Um, so I don't know what what qualifies you yeah, for that. How do you and get into you, that? And can you can you buy a one day UCI license? <laughs> no, I doubt it. So to race that race, you've got to go. It you've got to
0: so buy yeah, in for I a mean, UCI license. So why I was I was pitching this and 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 trying to drum up some of the faster folks to go was because a there was. Not a lot of people signed up. Yeah, the payout was to 15, and it was five thousand dollars. So In between there was...
2: 15 people. Yeah, that's a good payout. Huge payout. I mean, yeah. this
0: is a bit like it's kind of a shame that you have this giant race, uh, all this money, and no one showed up. I think obviously you've got Northampton's going to take a lot of the uh, New England racers. Uh, it's one day, uh, hard for you. Other pros to travel just for one day although if you're looking for uci points i think it's it's worth it to you yeah
2: look like a super fun course too yeah it would be worth coming from texas or from you know other or you know eastern seaboard i mean
0: i'm just trying to think of the pros like you know maybe some pros in colorado you know could have flown in or um i know that amanda Nauman has done the southern circuit as it's called uh, in years past mm-hmm. and and got and she's from San Diego and got a bunch of UCI points which allowed her to go to and, some World Cups.
2: And I'm sure it would be financially uh, you know, lucrative for her.
0: Especially if it's paying out that that amount of money.
2: Matt, you want to give us a little update on
1: uh our uh Andrew Giuliani fan club Andrew Giuliano fan club?
2: Yeah, uh, we've we've uh, made no traction on that whatsoever. Uh but just that uh we want to be the official Andrew Giuliano fan Have we club. talked about this we, on the podcast? We, we haven't actually talked about it on the podcast yet. So, should we give a brief rundown
0: of what's going who this guy is?
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. So, Peloton magazine article comes out uh, a couple months ago introducing the world to uh, Andrew Giuliano, mm-hmm. who is a uh, cyclocross racer from the uh, San Diego, I believe. Yeah, I think he's from the Southern California. Yep. Uh, And um, I'm actually going to San Diego at Christmas. Decided to put together a sponsorship package and promote himself essentially as a free agent to go over and race a season of Belgian cyclocross or European cyclocross. European, yeah. He's not just he's he's actually in Spain right now. That's right. He was in Spain this weekend, and I guess he skipped the Super Prestige and the uh, Jamarket across and went and raced couple races in spain one was midweek and then the other was this weekend both by the way of which looked damn near just about as muddy as that belgian race yeah well
2: he was in basque country uh you know which is on the atlantic um and so the, uh on this this week that sunday i think was the the race he was doing and i think he said he got his first uh, uci c1 uh points or something he got 12th in that race yeah. Uh, so he's been moving up. I mean, we saw him at Coppenberg Cross; he was there. Uh, yeah, it's just basically him, like walk. You see him, like you know, he's he's doing a great social media presence on Instagram. You'll see him, like him and his two bikes going and getting on trains to go and get to races and stuff. So
1: yeah. So he picked up a few sponsors along the way: Rock Lobster Cycles, Peloton Magazine, um,
2: uh, Pro Components, which is Shimano. You know, that's yeah. a, that's a big. Uh, so we've
1: decided that we're starting a fan club for yep. Andrew and uh, we're going to reach out to Peloton Magazine and we're going to see if we can't try to get uh, an inside line to get a little feedback from him and maybe talk to us about how his season's going and let him know that, that we've started a fan club for him.
2: And, and also, let's say, uh, you know, not been a great American presence so far in the men's really hasn't. European races, so he's our top placed American. As he really as... is
0: the only one who's holding it down. He's uh, all in on the Euro season, very uh, reminiscent of uh, Jay Page, Jonathan Page, yep. who I think is retiring at the end of this year. Um, I think uh, I think we'll see more of the men, uh, or sorry, more of the Americans going over to Europe soon. Uh, yep, Ellen thing. Page
2: is there right now. She's doing like a five-week campaign, I believe. Ellen Noble. Oh, Ellen Page. Why say Ellen Page? <laughs> <laughs> oh Noble yes her too um, Katie Compton obviously still over Katie there Katie
0: Compton yeah was, was there uh, is come back we gotta get some of the there. men back over there though um, yeah I'm wondering when Stephen Hyde's gonna go over there uh, I wonder if someone like Tobin is gonna try and uh, make the trip or maybe he just doesn't have that in the budget this year
2: yeah no. yeah I think that's gotta be hard to do
1: well, guys, we've got some local cross racing coming up this weekend uh, as well. Speaking of cross, the Ridgeland, uh, Mississippi Kids Cyclocross Project Fundraiser in Ridgeland that Rolando Roman is putting on. is mm-hmm. the, That race is on Saturday. Uh, I know I'm going up to do that. Bodie, I know that Emily's going up to do that. Are you headed up?
0: Possibly. I might have to work. Uh, but if, if not, I will be going to that to take photos All right. and hang out. I'm excited to see. It's... It will be a new promoter, a new venue to our scene. So yeah. yeah, I'm really excited about
1: it. It looks like the kind of cyclocross course that I like kind of, uh, you know, sort of a traditional sort of open, uh, technical, but not super, super twisty, tight, tight technical, but just kind of a fast and flowy technical cyclocross course. Uh, guys, this is going to be my, I, I, my racing age in cross this year is 50. Mm. Uh, But this is going to be my first opportunity to actually race in a 50-plus category. He's got it broken down, Masters 40-plus, 50-plus, and 60-plus. Oh. So – I might have an opportunity to bring home some hardware for this one. All
0: right. Well, I think I look at the pre reg and there was only three of you in the 50 plus. <laughs> That's so. Right. So it's looking good so far. <laughs> guaranteed.
3: All
1: uh, right, Podium. Yeah, so uh, we sh-
0: we shall see, but
1: uh, that I- both that both makes me feel awesome and um, a little old at the same
2: time. Well, I'm trying to convince my daughter uh, to go up there and race the, uh, I think there's an under 10s race, which is a 10 minute race, which I think would be perfect for her. So I think that would be a great first real cross race because she did not have fun at the Baton Rouge race, I'll tell you that. So then we've got uh, Hattiesburg DSGP. That's
1: uh, race four, round three Mm -hmm. of the DSGP series in Hattiesburg, Mississippi on Sunday, also a new venue, obviously, uh, same same promoter, but a new venue, I have no idea what that's like. I yeah. haven't really even heard much about what it's like,
2: so it's going to be a... So Butch Sims is behind that, I believe, right uh, behind think the venue. This is, I, think don't so. Think so. No? I Don't think so. I
0: don't know. I huh. I, I, I suspected I heard that. that that was the case.
1: I think you may have heard that from me, and I may have been wrong when I oh, said okay. that. Okay. Uh, I know that Butch has been for the last couple of years. He's been you know talking to to me and to to us you know just in general about uh, having a venue, potential venue up in Hattiesburg. Yeah. But I don't know that this, uh, and in my mind, just went and made that connection when I heard that Wes was doing. Around a DSGP up there, but I don't know that that connection is is actual. Okay, uh, I think this may be a different different course.
2: All right, should be
1: interesting. Okay, you going to go to that Townsend? I'm going to be I'm I'm going to be there as well. Yeah, racing in in Hattiesburg, defending my uh, second place overall in the DSGP
2: Masters. I don't think you mean defending point. second place. I think you mean uh, fighting for first place. Fighting for first, sure. Yeah. yeah well, Why this not?
0: this weekend, um, I think that Rustin being a little bit out of the way i think hopefully at hattiesburg we'll have more of a i hope so more of a bigger crowd and we'll have some of the people who didn't go to rest and who will be back and so that'll once again shake up the standings and uh yeah, i'm curious to see how it all plays out yeah, yeah. i'm excited to see a new venue yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. uh, speaking of local uh local racing uh, something popped up in my facebook feed was uh of a local racer bronson bro uh Placing third in a mountain bike race mm-hmm. in Lafayette. And I noticed something interesting about this photo of him. That he was holding a cross bike. Love he, it. He raced in a mountain bike race. Cat one mountain bike race. Yeah. He's not like a beginner. So he, nope. this is the fastest category there was. And uh, he placed third on his cross bike. I was impressed. Uh, blown away. Yeah. It, um... It seems like last week we talked about how you know mountain bike doping happens in cross races. Mm. So cross bike let's, doping. Let's yeah, let's flip it around. Is this cross bike doping? Is it the same? Can you compare these? I think it depends on the course, obviously.
1: Yes. If, if I mean, it's a, if it's a course that 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 is not super technical and doesn't require suspension or you know big fat tires, maybe he gets an advantage on the cross bike. Um, but. We've- I'm going to say, I'm going to call that reverse bike
2: doping. Well, you know, <laughs> it, this this actually takes me back because, probably showing my age, this is a long, long time ago now. And this might have been uh, Adam, gosh, what's his name? Uh, Adam that, Craig. Adam Craig, years ago, showed up to, I think it was, you know, the uh, um, sea otter. Mm-hmm. which is like the big kind of bike industry thing. And there's like yeah. a bunch of races there. This was years ago and raced the short track mountain bike race on a road bike. Not even, a, not even a cross bike, but a road bike with road tires. Hm. Don't know if he won it, but I think he did pretty well. And he, and he basically said that he was just doing it to just like, say, this is not mountain biking. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. I, I don't know this trail in Lafayette and, uh, I've only been to a few mountain bike trails in our area. Um, so like one trail I've been to, Mount Zion, a cross bike would definitely not be an advantage.
2: No, not at Zion, no. Uh,
0: the Spillway, I you still could... feel like you can ride your cross bike there, but I still feel like a mountain bike is more advantageous. Yes, probably. So it it almost always seems like the cross bike is going to be as a, at a disadvantage. Um
1: Well, I'd love to hear from Bronson because I have to imagine one thing is for certain showing up to a mountain bike race with a cyclocross bike. Bunch of dudes definitely probably gave him a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm imagining he heard some shit from some of these mountain bikers.
2: But then getting on the
1: podium, they probably ate Ate. some crow. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, Bronson, how'd it go, man? Tell us about it. Why'd you make the choice? And kudos. Yeah. And kudos Kudos. to you.
0: Uh, Obviously, my my other response after saying wow it's amazing was well you gotta race cross and he said that he hopes to be out there soon so that's great
2: good deal well yeah sooner the better (laughs) (laughs) it's not a long it's not a long season here (laughs) season is now yeah although i did see there's
0: going to be a race in january in the pensacola area okay and then of course there'll be marty cross
1: marty cross again this year i suppose in february So, so got a little bit of time all right Well, guys, let's leave Cross behind for just a minute. Mm. Um, And, Matt, I know you've been wanting to do this for the last couple weeks, and it's finally time. Okay. Road season is finally over, and we're going to do a quick (laughs) uh, road
2: season wrap-up. Well, by quick, you mean we're going to do a lap-by-lap account of the greatest race of the year, the Saitama Criterium.
1: You have at that, Matt, and uh, then we'll get Bodhi to edit that entire segment out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. Uh, I called that trash. The, the nail in the coffin of road has been uh, set in place, and uh, and now it, it is. Road is officially dead. Uh, Saitama Criterium, I actually got to see the end of it. I got to see the last couple of laps. And Mark Cavendish won, in air quotes, as you uh, as you call them here. It didn't look to me like he actually crossed the line first. It looked like Fumiyuki Beppo actually uh, crossed the line before him. Yeah, that's fake but the, news. But there was no, there was no, like, it looked like it was like, well, that's at least a photo for the finish. No, nope, no photo. Cavendish won. Uh, I think it's about <laughs> as fake as a fake race gets. <laughs> I think they were like, "Oh crap!" Uh, yeah. Oh no. We told we told you Cavendish he was winning. Uh, yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. They had a King of the Mountains prize. The King of the Mountains award is for there's actually an underpass that goes under another road, and then so and then you climb back up out of it. It's let's put it this way: the um, I think the the Hickey Bridge that we climb is certainly more of a mountain than that would be so i guess it's for the person who gets the most points over up that underpass uh well that did at least represent the final actual road
1: event of the season which now gives us the opportunity yes to wrap the road season uh we talked about it last week we have four categories that we're going to vote on amongst the three of us and Mm -hmm. we certainly welcome listener feedback as to whether you agree disagree have another option uh and defend your choice but our categories are best one-day race, yeah, uh, and 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 not best single stage, but actual best one-day race. Yes. Uh, then best stage race. Yep. Uh, Which could ma- be
2: any stage. Could be a week long, or a, you know, it could That's be right. a four-day, five-day, whatever.
1: Uh, male rider of the year
2: and female rider of the year. Yeah.
1: So uh, let's start with uh, let's start with best one-day race.
2: Um, All right, guys, who wants it? I'll go first. Yep okay I've got a I had a I had a short list for this mm-hmm. and uh, first one and I thought it went like kind of chronologically and I went Strade Bianchi was great. I really enjoyed it. It's a great race, I love it. I loved Kwiatkowski's, uh breakaway early on on that uh, and it's just for me absolutely the best place for a bike race to finish ever. I love that finish section, so that was pretty cool. Wait, is that your answer? No. Or are you giving us a podium? I'm giving, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to my answer. Okay. And then I really enjoyed Milan-San Remo. Uh, well, I enjoyed the last five minutes of Milan-San Remo. The first seven hours were less interesting. And then I really also enjoyed, I'm not really going chronological here, but I really liked the uh, Trobro Leon is, you know, the hipster race as it's known. It's pretty damn cool. The gravel sections and everything on that. I think that's a very cool race. And our boy Lays Elbows, uh, yes, uh, won that. Damien Godan. Damien Godan, who's going back up to the pro Conti level. So, uh, Matt, you've been talking for a while. And your answer? <laughs> my winner is Tora Flanders.
1: Oh my God! So you wait. So you have a you have a pre podium. So you've met, you've you've not even given us the podium. You've given us three alternates. And then my, a winner.
2: These are my three that I was like, these were all great. Who won the Tour of Flanders?
1: Philippe, Philippe Gilbert, which is my choice for race of the year. Thank you, Matt. I agree with you.
2: All right, and my reasoning for it. What's your reasoning?
1: Well, my reason. Well, it, do can I can I have the mic? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I also give Milan-San honorable mention for the finish. Yeah, it was the best finish of the year. Absolutely. <gasps> absolutely three-up sprint uh, with uh, Kwiatkowski out sprinting. Um, Peter Sagan was absolutely amazing. Uh, But I give the race of the year to the Tour of Flanders uh, because of the just amazing ride by Philippe Gilbert. Uh, Unwittingly unwittingly making a move that was that turned out to be the deciding move of the race Uh, and just watching him realize that he actually may have made a move that could stick and then making it stick for 50k was absolutely compelling viewing.
2: And I give that race of the year. Well, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Wasn't it closer to like, was it like 90k or something? Anyway, it was, but the Muir, they brought the Muir back. They said, but everybody said, oh, it's too early in the race. It's not going to be a factor. And it was the factor. That so, was where he made the, the Muir- move. The Muir is awesome, and it was amazing. And yeah, Bodhi? Uh,
0: I don't know how you guys hold all this shit in your head (laughs) seven, eight (laughs) months later. Uh, I couldn't tell you who won either of those races. Uh, I thought it was the Australian who won Perry roubaix Um, No, it was another Belgium. uh,
2: That was last year. That was the year before. I don't
0: know. Yeah, so my pick for best one-day race... Was the Harbor Master criterion? Nice. Just a little crit that Townsend and I put on. <laughs> yes. Wait, but which, which individual th- race in that? Oh, I had a no, one day race. It was mm. one day race. One day event.
1: Well, kudos for that, Bodie. Yep. Uh, and, and yep. you get you get points for you get points for picking a
2: blazer of a race. And you get points deducted for picking an overall event and not an actual race. But that's okay. And admitting that you don't remember anything about
1: something. Yeah, no, I day-to-day. didn't
0: realize that we needed to do homework for this part of the show. <laughs> all right, um, best
1: stage race. Bodhi, you can go first on this one. Yeah.
2: Tour of California. Oh, all right. God, really? Uh, Vuelta.
1: And I am sticking with the race that I've called the best race of the year, all year since it happened, the Giro d'Italia. Yep. Yeah, nice. Can't beat the, can't beat the finish of that. Three guys in contention on the, on the last day in a, in an individual time That was trial. my second pick. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we have uh male rider of the year. Yeah. Should I go first on this one? Sure. Guys, you probably think that I'm going to pick somebody like Mikhail Kwiatkowski mm. as much as we talked about him. Yeah. Uh, then you might say, well, Townsend, you really like the Giro, and you hadn't stopped talking about that since it happened, and Tom Dumoulin had not just success mm-hmm. in that race, but tremendous both individual and team success uh, as well this year.
0: Oh, wait. I changed my one-day race to the Hammer Series time trial. <laughs> I just remembered that. That was pretty good. Yeah. But
1: I am picking neither Mikhail Kwiatkowski or Tom Dumoulin. Yeah. And this year, as I, what I think, and, and, and dominant, dominant performance of male rider of the year, I'm picking Greg Von Avermont. Yep.
2: Yeah. All right. He is a UCI uh, rider of the year, right? He yeah. is
1: the World Tour winner, World points tour winner. wise. Yeah. Um,
2: and it is not
1: by accident. Uh, first, he's the reigning Olympic champ. Keep that in mind from mm-hmm. last year. But that's, a, that's last year, but still, the Olympics are only once every four years. One Perry Roubaix, won, won Gent Wavelgum, won E3. Omloop um, finished second in Flanders and second in Strada Bianchi.
2: Yeah, this guy did his homework. I
1: did yeah, I, did my, I got my secret notepad right here. Yeah, yeah. Greg Van Avermont, rider okay. of the year, in my opinion.
2: All right, Bodie. Uh,
0: well, you guys might think that I want to pick some awesome, badass American sprinter,
1: Jaden Kiefer.
0: <laughs> you might think I want to uh, be a homer and, and pick some local person. Um, but I think I have to give it up to, uh, Evan Huffman for winning two stages of the Tour of California. Okay. Yeah. rider of the Year. <laughs> why not very very tour of California centric yeah yeah uh... yeah, that's the only race I can remember right (laughs) now Um, (laughs) (laughs) so I'm just yeah Yeah.
1: Bodie is definitely Bodie's standing for the anthem hand over his heart waving an American flag there's no no nobody's taking a knee over here Yeah. he may not have
2: done our veterans day ride I
0: worked on veterans day that's how much of an American I am
2: now you're okay so um, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna take huh Nope, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Michal, Michal Kwiatkowski. Yeah, I, uh, I I can't blame you for that. Yeah, I think because I think yes, GVA amazing for yes. his results, GVA. Yes, for his yeah. heart,
1: for his heart, Mikel Kwiatkowski.
2: Well, let's, let's 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 not forget Kwiatkowski won Strada Bianchi ahead of GVA. He won Milan, Milan San, Remo. San Remo, his first mon uh you know first monument, and then the work he did in the tour. I think was just astonishing. I mean, to then be like the uber domestique that he was in the Tour de France was was incredible. So, yep, I'm giving it to him. Good deal. All right. Uh, best women right Women's rider. To me, this is between two women.
1: Um, and 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 I'm going to. And, and those two women, in my opinion, are uh, Anna van der Breggen and Anna Meek van Vluten. Mm-hmm. I, I think it has to be one of those two, in my opinion. Um, and by a narrow margin, I am giving it to Anna van der Breggen. Okay. I'm giving it to the
2: other choice. Uh, okay. Anna Meek van Vluten. Yep.
0: Yeah, Yeah. me too. <laughs> uh, wait, which one's the one that crashed in the Olympics? Annemiek Van Vluten. Yeah, that's who I'm giving it to. Yeah, okay. She had so, uh, a heck of a comeback this year and yep. dominated um, the races that I watched. I think she did the Women's Tour of California.
1: Yeah, she won the Women's Tour of California.
0: Or no, that was Vanderbragen, right? Oh, that's
1: right. I'm sorry. You, I thought Van you were Bregen. asking, you're talking about my choice. My yep. choice, Anna Van Vluten, won the Tour of California.
2: Meek Van Vluten won uh, a bunch of stuff, but she, also, she won... Uh, well, she won stages in the Giro Rosa. She didn't win the overall.
1: She won the uh, the women's tour.
2: Well, the yeah, the, the La Corse what do they, by they call La... it? She won both days of that. Yeah. Uh, She's a time trial world champion. But she and she is now the uh, time trial world champion. Yeah. So uh, yeah, kudos to her. <laughs> I Amazing guess she comeback after at, last year.
0: She wasn't in the Tour of California then.
2: Uh, I don't think she was.
1: No. Hmm.
0: Well, then I changed my vote. VanderBregen. Van was. Oh.
1: Yeah. So Anna VanderBregen again reigning. Olympic champion, <laughs> first in the UCI World Tour points wise, won two big stage races: the Giro Rosa, which was a ten-stage race this year. Yeah, it was it's an big amazingly race. long big race. race. Yeah, Tour of California, and then also won Amstel Gold, uh, Flèche wallone and Liège-Bastogne-Liège. Yeah, solid season pretty, right there. Solid, solid season. Pretty solid. When you win two big stage races and three big classics races like that, yeah, you, you got you got
0: stuff yeah you uh, you win the yay yeah, you ride podcast best women rider of the year
1: after <laughs> you change your vote
0: yeah no well because i forgot how much you wanted to race through california right all right all right so there we have it uh guys
2: wait uh, hang on <coughs> hang
0: on doo, 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 doo. coming in on the newswire just oh. uh i don't know if you guys uh saw this uh this might have just been posted hot tonight off, hot off the twitter hot off no hot off the presses of the face tubes or the this is at Cycling News. Consolara demands end to sales of a book alleging mechanical doping. Oh, and so I'm like, oh my gosh, was there some expose book that came out that that talks about how he doped and you know that goes along with those like that video that those one guys produced for some like European television
2: show, that, right? Like the me- no, no, he's talking was about. He's even on 60 Minutes too about yeah. mechanical doping too,
0: right? No, he's he's talking about Phil Gaiman's book. Yeah, where Phil Gaiman says, <laughs> "Yeah, the fucker probably had a motor." Yeah,
2: yeah, it's not like he's giving any kind of like scientific backup. There, he's just no. saying, "Yeah, I think he fucking did."
0: Yeah, I think
2: well, yeah,
3: I
1: think one is entitled to one's opinion. And exactly.
2: We, and we watched uh, a friend of ours posted it. Uh, Chris Weiss uh, posted that the other day. And after watching it, it's like, yeah, it's a pretty. I mean, up the Muir. I remember previously. watching
1: that race, you know, in 2010. Yeah. And
2: thinking to myself, how in the world did he do that? Because you're you're looking at two very different styles up that climb, which yeah. is a. Re- I mean, that climb is a massive power effort, and he looks. To not be working that hard, right?
1: I mean, I, I have to admit, in 2010, when I was watching it, I wasn't thinking to myself, he must have a motor inside of that bicycle. It just wasn't something that crossed my mind. It seemed like right. a remarkable superhuman feat at the time. But obviously, in retrospect now, you look at it, and yeah, it, it looks
0: suspicious. Absolutely. Wow. So I guess I don't under, understand, because now the UCI president is going to investigate this.
2: He's what? all about it, Lapartian. Oh, and but, you know he's. But, a,
0: he's but a, here's the thing: what is it? What did Phil Gaiman do that makes it now a reason to investigate? Nothing. He didn't do anything. Uh, exactly. I don't know what's happening. Why? I don't. I don't know. It's. it's I kinda, think. I think it, it's
2: because it suddenly got more traction. Lapartian already like said beforehand that was one of the things he was going to be much bigger on the guy who was in charge of that for the UCI just got fired who was in charge of the the bike thing because of like the uh, the British guy and like how he kind of messed, muddied things up, you know, by contacting this company, these guys um, and say uh, who the, who the guy, this, this one expert on, on it, you know, like saying, Hey, uh, you know, but I need to, I need to talk to you. They're investigating this or whatever. And, stuff and it was like basically he was like giving them a, a heads up a heads up that this was happening and then so he's been replaced now by former pro french pro jean-christophe perot who is that the
0: guy who for, caught the masters racer recently
2: no that was another guy riblon caught, no? no no it was another former racer actually okay. an anti- so, uh, who a guy who was like I think it's the guy who was one of the guys that Lance basically killed his career um, because he wasn't doping. And he spoke up about doping and his career got killed. But no, Jean-Christophe Perrault, ex-mountain biker, but also used to race for Agé Désert. And oh, yeah. finished second in yep. the Tour de France. I remember that. Remember? Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, interesting that that's, that's going to be his... He's going to be the guy in, in charge of that now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, crazy stuff i mean i think the uh, i'm not of- sure
1: how you can go back to 2010 and figure out whether uh, cancelara no. was riding a a, a a doped up bike with a
2: motor but maybe they can do something
1: <clears throat> going forward
2: it's not like that they have like samples from the bike that they can retest you know <laughs> it's like i'm sure i'm sure if he was i'm sure that bike has been has been destroyed uh, a long time ago or
1: it's being destroyed as we speak.
2: unless you know he foolishly has it in his bike room at home and there it is. Yeah so that's I
0: just thought I would uh, maybe that, uh, um...
1: maybe Peter Sagan has it in his bike room right next to Zach's specialized
0: you <laughs> <laughs> well, really brought it all together there Yeah well it's full so Bodie on.
1: do we have any uh, we have any listener mail this week?
0: No no <laughs> well I do. We do? I,
1: I
2: do. Uh, oh, actually, we do have some listener mail before yours. Oh, quickly. we do? Oh, we uh, actually have some real listener mail, because I
1: have some fake listener mail.
2: Okay, well, I, I, can I do the real one real quick? Please. So, our good buddy, uh, Stu Babin, got in touch mm-hmm. from down the bayou, um, and said that he's been listening to the podcast, and has been really enjoying it, and felt like he's learned a lot. I don't know how that could have happened. But uh, yeah. we
0: drop all kinds of,
2: of, of fresh takes that are full of knowledgeable nuggets. Well, I think occasionally we accidentally get some facts in there, don't we? Yeah. yeah.
1: Sometimes we get them absolutely 100% wrong. But uh, usually when we do that, one or the other of us is there to correct the mistake. Yeah. So thanks, to uh, Thanks for listening. So I actually had a, a, a conversation with a, a friend of the podcast on the bike on Saturday uh, a, uh, a good friend of ours who also said that he's been, uh, listening to the podcast and, and learning lots of things from it. Uh, and the conversation I had with this individual led me to an idea for a new segment of the podcast, which I'm going to call fake listener mail. And, and what I'm doing with fake listener mail is I'm taking a com- a real conversation that I've had with a real person, mm. uh, that has led to some interesting questions or thoughts, and I'm turning it into a fake letter from that person, and I'm gonna read it here to the podcast and, and uh we'll open it up for, for discussion. You guys right. ready? Yes. Okay. So this this letter comes from uh, from our friend Taylor. And Taylor writes, My name is Taylor. I am the Cat Four Lambra Criterion Champion. Yep. As well as <laughs> the overall Lambra Cycling Cup champion yeah. in Cat Four. Recently, I was notified that I'm eligible to order a champion's jersey for each of those championships. My question is about jersey hierarchy. Given that I am the overall Lambra Cycling Cup champion, should I only order that jersey or should I order both jerseys? Does the Lambra Cycling Cup Champions jersey trump the Cat 4 Criterion jersey as as it is an overall championship jersey such that I should wear it instead of the Cat 4 Criterion Champions jersey?
2: Great question. Yours
1: truly, Taylor.
0: Guys, what do you think? Well, um, first of all, you can order them, as you should, uh, but you can't ever wear them, so the question is moot. Why uh, can you not wear them? Why can't you wear them? Well, when is he going to race in a cat 4 race next? Oh. But I did realize I think he still has a few points to get. So So your your
1: objection to him wearing either of those jerseys, Bodie, is that he could only wear those if he were racing in a as a cat four in in a road race or a, a criterium discipline
0: um yeah actually that's that's a good question though i didn't even think about this because i've never seen anybody wear their Lambro overall jersey or uh category winner jersey in a race at all
2: yeah that's because they're super ugly well right now the, the you have well no Jaden kiefer wore it the only day he couldn't wear it <laughs> right the only day you can't wear it is in the championship race, and that's the day he wore his. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: I, in terms of hierarchy, though, I, I do think that the overall would rank above the criterium. Yes. Uh, the overall is taking points from every discipline you did that year as a cat four time trial, crits, and road races. So, best all around. Yes, that 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 outranks the criterium. Um, and if I were Taylor,
2: uh, I would. Uh, yeah. But And if you were racing in a Criterium, then the person who... You can't wear the Criterium one. You wear the overall. And the person who was second in the Criterium <laughs> competition would wear the Criterium jersey. <laughs> so you'd be buying it for them, basically.
1: <laughs> well, Bodhi, you were going to give Taylor some advice? Yes. Uh,
0: my advice is to wear the overall jersey at Club Rides and the Criterium jersey... At weekday training, train, train ride races.
1: That makes sense. Well, my suggestion to Taylor, caveat here being that I am the Lambra treasurer, and these jerseys cost Lambra $50 each, uh, is to only order the LCCS Lambra Cycling Cup Series jersey the champion's jersey, because, A, I agree with both of you guys that it outranks the criterium jersey, uh, and that should be the jersey that trumps uh, the criterium jersey on any occasion under any circumstances. And so Taylor need not spend an extra $50 of Lambert's money and should only order the one jersey, the champion's jersey.
0: That's No, he's got to get both. I say get both. Yeah, you got to get both. I'm sorry. Yeah. He won them both. Okay. He's entitled to them both. Congratulations, Taylor.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, Taylor, thanks for your fake letter, and uh, <laughs> I hope you're listening, and and I hope you uh, uh, appreciate the fact that I turned our conversation on the bike into a fake letter for the podcast. <laughs> and there's your answer.
0: Well, guys, have we uh, have we beaten this uh,
2: podcast horse to death? We yeah.
1: have, and uh, we've strangled this
2: podcat. <laughs> we've we've drowned this podcast in a bag and uh it's time to move on right how do you
0: how do you drown a podcast
2: (laughs) Uh, you you put it in a bag and and hold it underwater
0: put a bunch of scratch and sniff stickers at the bottom of a pool what (laughs) i don't know what that means all right okay well that went over like a lead balloon uh, uh, well, you guys want to sign off? Should we uh, get out of here?
1: Absolutely. Yes. All right, so I'll start. This is the T-Bone signing off saying, After watching Guevara Cross this weekend, I have my Halloween costume for next year. I'm dressing as the cross dog.
0: And this is Sachirio
2: saying, I'm Sacherio." <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this is Bodie Bodie pondering, Is riding the e-bike like riding with the tailwind?
1: 'Cause West wouldn't have caught him.
0: <laughs> okay. Cause Peter Sagan needs to steal bikes? <laughs>